You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am Jeff Ellis, your host. Let's start out with some good news. An interesting story broke today about former Indians great Shin Chu Chu. Uh, one of those players who probably is going to go down as one of the more underappreciated Indians of his time uh, until he made the All-Star game in, what, two years ago, uh, 2018. He was arguably the one of the best players to never play in an All-Star game. Uh, one of those great pieces along with, it, it might be hard to believe, but Estrubal Cabrera and... Um, Chu were the two guys that came over from Seattle in separate deals for the Indians' platoon uh, first baseman, Broussard and uh, Eddie Perez. Having some problems as I pull things up, I wanted to pull up Chu's stats, but uh, the important thing is he is donating $1,000 to every player in the Rangers minor leagues. That's $191,000. I know what you're thinking. He has a massive contract. That's not a ton of money. That's still a lot of money. And if you don't think that's a big deal, go ask every single minor leaguer who got that. That is a huge deal. Uh, in that story, Eli White, who was in camp with the Rangers, texted him thank you, and he said that Chu's response was to be like, if you need more, let me know. I mean, uh, he's also given a large amount to a city near um, where his parents are, back in Korea, that's been hit hard. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just such a, a a good thing, and it's the first I've seen anyone do that. So, I mean, to me, that's just an incredible story by an incredible player. Um, long career. Uh, like I said, it's he's... He was effective last year as a hitter. You know, his days in the field were always a bit shaky, but one of those guys, um, I would love to see the Indians consider in free agency next year, honestly, because at his age, he's not going to have a ton of offers, but he's still being effective, and I always have a soft spot for some of those older players, and he's one of those ones that I do think, you know, there could be, at least offensively, if you could sum up as a DH type, uh, could be Domingo Santana level. So I wanted to, to give a chance to shout him out. I'm having all sorts of internet problems today. So we'll see how this, uh, when I finally get to post this, hopefully they'll get cleared up. But as of now, I can't pull up his stats. I just want to point out he was probably one of the Indians' uh, top three offensive outfielders of the last 20 years. I mean, who are we putting in that camp? When you stop and think about it in terms of like length and peak of career it's, it's him and Brantley in the corners for sure right I mean is there really a competition maybe you put Brantley in center because he did play there for a bit um both of those players both Chu and Brantley uh reputation defensively probably better than it was but uh those are definitely probably two of the Indians best uh offensive players of the uh you know last 20 years hit me up uh, with that hot take so let's get into the sim uh, the Indians last night faced the Chicago White Sox, the 5-1 and one White Sox, and the 2-4 and four Indians after the game, giving the White Sox their first loss. Or, I'm sorry, 5-1 uh, White Sox and the 2-4 and four Indians because the Indians drop another game and the White Sox win another game. Shane Bieber, uh, 8 innings, 6 strikeouts, 1 walk, 5 hits, 2 earned runs, 5 unearned, um, an error by Jose Ramirez that should have had ended the inning. <laughs> excuse me in third 
Uh, instead, Edwin Encarnacion hits a three-run shot. That's the difference in the game, but even if that doesn't occur, it's probably not enough because the Indians had four hits, one run, and two errors in this one. Hernandez and Ramirez, uh, your four hits, one to Ramirez, one to Domingo Santana, one to Jordan Luplo, who also had the Indians was a solo shot to get that only run, and one for Roberto Perez, two walks in this one, one to Luplo and one to Carlos Santana. Lucas Giolito, eight innings, 10 strikeouts, allowed four hits, one walk, and that one earned run uh, completely shut down the Indians. Bieber, you know, a solid performance. Brad Hand comes out, and he's all right. One inning, one hit, one walk, two strikeouts. The, the big story for me so far when I was looking at this simulation is, uh, one, Francisco Lindor is hitting 174. Uh, Mercado is okay. Ramirez and Santana are basically carrying the offense because Fran Mel Reyes is barely above 200. Domingo Santana, barely above 200. Uh, Jordan Luplo hitting 160. 286 by Roberto Perez, 222 by Cesar Hernandez. Uh, and then that's the bigger thing. I, I've, I simmed ahead a bit so I could have some games set up uh, just in terms of what was coming. I'm going to Soon, I'm going to probably add Carlos Carrasco back on the roster because there was some talk he would be ready by like opening day, maybe in a bullpen role at this point. We're, you know, almost two weeks into the season. We are, we're a week into the season. We're starting the week, second week, let's clarify. So um, I'm going to add him back in as a starter. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to move out Jeffrey Rodriguez because it has not gone well. And, you know, Carrasco is not hurt in game. And some of the other guys with some of the other issues we're having, I, I, I don't feel bad uh, maybe accelerating Carrasco's recovery quicker than uh, it was going to be in the game. But yeah, no, I was reading reports from even mid-March where there was talk that he could be at least a bullpen option at the start of the year. So we're going to move him back in, uh, send down Rodriguez. Uh, It's very clear playing the game right now. Oh boy, is the Indians pen really shaky. You know, Nick Wetgren probably overperformed last year, if we're being honest. Brad Hand kind of fell apart in the second half simber is that right-handed specialist who doesn't have quite the role same with oliver perez karen chalk i mean he was unbelievable but there's also just the the control concerns and class a is hurt so i oof, we're gonna have to see um this right now and playing the game that is that is what i'm running into more than anything else i mean there's points where they can score but that bullpen is just a gas can um so that is what I'm taking away from this. Uh, I'm looking forward to being able to bring Clevenger back in, who's not hurt, but is hurt uh, in real life. Class A isn't listed as hurt. He would immediately become the best reliever in the pen. Tristan McKenzie is, is near ready. Uh, a few other guys like that. Uh, Nick Sandlin is someone who could be pitching sooner than rather than later, and if he hadn't been hurt a year ago, probably would be in the pen already at this point. Bit of a, a forgotten guy. You got Scott Moss, who's better than some of the other options so yeah i'm looking forward to winning at some point being able to take the training wheels off a bit honestly with this team um i haven't really had to use the uh the miners too much uh it is i mean tyler naquin can i just trade him he's like an 80 81 uh and he's not hurt in game uh kaye tom is a 70 80 like he's offensively maybe the indians top hitting prospect uh, Nolan Jones is finally up over an 80. I mean, for instance, Alex Call and Daniel Johnson have the same uh, current and potential. So it's there's some interesting ways that players are graded in this. Um, again, I'm you know I'm using 
kind of a less popular sim, but the one that got me started, and uh, it's the simplest to use. So we'll just go with that, see how things play out, but I'm already looking at ways to help improve this team and roster as it's still got holes. Um, you know, I, I'm, as I said, I've simmed a little bit further in the game, uh, and uh, it's still, even when you look at just your, you know, your stats... Francisco Lindor is finally up to 200 with a 368 on base. Mercado is hitting 206. Jose Ramirez 375, 344 for Santana. 212 for Reyes. 320 for Domingo Santana. 192 for Leplo. 259 for Perez. 208 for Cesar Hernandez. A lot of guys with some walks and stuff in there. And when you look at some of the Saber metric stats, um, isolated power like Franville Reyes is doesn't hasn't even hit a home run yet which is kind of crazy hasn't driven in a run he, he hasn't scored a run he has zero for his runs created which is kind of hard to do uh but when your OP, uh, OPS is 462 that happens um he is far and away the Indians worst hitter so far in this sim so yeah we'll uh, we'll see where it goes I'm still having fun playing with it are you guys still having fun listening um I finished Friday's game I'll kind of save that for tomorrow, but so far we have Aaron Saval still leading the team in ERA and wins. Uh, Brad Hand has one save. Jose Ramirez is hitting 375, leading the team. Carlos Santana's four home runs lead all of baseball, so stay tuned. So we've talked about our sponsor, Withings, before. Withings made the first smart scale. And they still make the best smart scale, at least according to Tom's guide just this year. The Withings Body Plus is the is a smart scale for you and your entire family. It can support up to eight users. It uses iOS, Android, uses Wi-Fi, uses Bluetooth. It is the scale that has that extra flexibility to allow you to use, like I said, different iOS, different, different operating systems, and different ways to access and send that information back and forth. It's not just your weight. It's your it's a weather report. It's a body composition report. It's going to give you your trends. It's going to be a tool to help you. If you're like me and you are stuck in your house for a good chunk of the day, right now is the perfect time to get this smart scale and we have a deal for you with our fantastic sponsor withings and here's how you can get a great deal on a body plus scale right now you're going to go to withings.com and for a very limited time when you go to w-i-t-h-i-n-g-s.com slash mlb you get 25 percent off the body plus body composition scale that's w-i-t-h-i-n-g-s slash mlb to get 25 percent off the body plus body composition again as i've told you just go to the website, check it out, see what you think. We are lucky enough to have a second sponsor on the show today. And we are really lucky because right now is the perfect time for Postmates. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you're watching the game, sometimes you need delivery fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about dinner when uh, right about the time that you're getting hungry. Uh, and that's why Postmates is great. Uh, they deliver from any restaurant in your area and they get it to you quickly. But they're not just there for your burgers and sushi. They deliver groceries and whatever you can think of, convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it, Postmates will bring it to you. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. Uh, you don't even have to worry about where you're going to get lunch. You're just going to download the app for iOS or Android find your favorites and get everything you want within the hour so especially now if you do it like me and you don't want to leave the house or if you're not feeling great post made it i mean i'm seeing people all the time 
doing Postmates for groceries at the front door of the apartment complex I live in. For a limited time, Postmates is giving all of our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code Locked On. That's the code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for the first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Okay. Again, I know sponsors are not everyone's favorite, but again, free show. It's through these sponsors. So if you've been thinking about it, go check them out. It helps us out and it helps out uh, the whole network. For the second half of the show, I wanted to talk about a really interesting article over on ESPN. And it's it's stuff like this that I personally love and adore. And I read the whole article, both sides of it, because they did an NL and an AL version of the biggest one-hit wonders. Uh, basically guys who came out and flared and went away. And the intri- it, it, I believe it's not behind the Plus uh, account, so I'd recommend anyone to go check it out. It's some great work. I, should, I need to give credit where credit is due. I feel like, yeah, it is David uh, Schoenfeld. So the Indians actually get two in there, so I would recommend uh, going checking it out. I won't ruin the the big name, the guy who leads off, but the secondary guy in here is someone I was not familiar with. Now, uh, the season is 1980 for both players, and as they point out in this article, like these two players had just fantastic years. The Indians led the American League in on-base percentage and still finished below 500 that year. So 1980, a really weird year for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name, Miguel Delone. Now, Miguel Delone was 25 years old in 1980. The Indians were already his uh, fourth organization. Nope, uh, fifth organization. He was 25 years old and already on his fifth organization. Uh, He had a year unlike anything he would ever approach. Uh, Let's put it in terms of like I've been talking about, uh, you know, OPS plus a lot because it's easy with that 100 baseline. Uh, he had one other season in 84 of a 105. Other than that, he was pretty consistently someone who was closer to like, I mean, his career value was an 82. In 1980 with the Cleveland Indians, he had a 120 OPS plus, uh, career 265 hitter. He had 341 that year. Uh, the other thing that stands out is he had 30 doubles. Now this is a guy who played in 800 games that year. He played in 132 games. He hit, uh, 67 doubles total for his career. Uh, I'm sorry. Do I have? Yeah, 25 triples and six home runs. Uh, in 1981, he was not quite as good, but still in 93 OPS uh, plus. But he was kind of a part time player uh, from all accounts. He had kind of a contentious run. But, uh, you know, that year was amazing. And then the stolen bases. Um, the other thing is that 61 stolen bases that year for him on top of all the other value, which according to Schoenfeld was the fourth highest total in Indians history uh, for a single season player. Delone hit, uh, finished third in the batting title. That's the year George Brett hit 390. So really an interesting guy. Uh, he called manager Dave Garcia a front runner and a two-faced boss. That was it. And he accused the... Uh, basically it got you know he was complaining that rick manning was stealing his time and they're like manning's a better defender interesting story uh interesting player interesting team but that got me thinking as well because i was going through wondering if it'd be someone from my lifetime and i was trying to think you know who are those guys that stood out in terms of you know the one-year wonder who's that guy who had that really big performance uh, who fits this, uh, and then just never backed it up. And my first thought was like, when they talked about the Mariners, they talked about Dave Fleming, who was this soft tossing lefty who was just there at the wrong time. Like 
the 90s shift killed Dave Fleming, uh, which made me think of Jeremy Sowers of the Indians, where that rookie season, over 88 innings, you know, 126 ERA plus, but his FIP was already a 457. That showed there was more to more issues to come, didn't miss bats. Very much Jeremy Sowers was Dave Fleming, but he played, you know, uh, 10 years later. And 88 innings wasn't quite enough. So then I had to, like, stop and think and try to, to find that guy who stood out. Who's that one who had kind of a, a magical year and then it never quite came together again. I want you guys to think about that for a second before I say who was the player that uh, really stood out to me. So the next guy who came to mind was Ryan Garko. And Garko was probably better than you remember. Uh, 2006, he only has 50 games played, performs well. Uh, 2007, he's age 26, has a fantastic year. Um, 20 home runs, a 359 uh, on base percentage. And then in 2008, he's still about a league average bat. Same thing in 2009, uh, even when things start to, to go fall apart for him. 2010, he'd get a little bit of run. He was not good at all with the Rangers, and that was the end of it. So I thought about Garko, but there was too much in there. So the guy that stood out really for me in terms of my lifetime was someone I desperately wanted the Indians to trade because uh, I felt like they had found fool's gold, and that was Kelly Shopik. Now, Kelly Shopik had been a former top 100 prospect in baseball with the Red Sox. He had been kind of a known guy before he came over to the Indians um, as part of that uh, deal for Coco Crisp, where the Indians got you know Andy Marte and Guillermo Mota. Mota was supposed to be a big part of the pen. Marte was going to be a future star. Um God, I forgot that Randy Newsom, the like side sweat, uh, kind of a side slinging reliever who uh, had some good numbers in the minors, uh, at least to me at the time. Now I need to go look at the advanced numbers and see if that was true. But you know, Marte was supposed to be the star of that deal, and Bard, Crisp, and Risky the other way. Uh, Newsom, you know, just didn't miss enough bats. That's the thing. Like you go back in time and, and you remember what you look at, and then you realize that the numbers weren't as good as you thought. But no matter what, uh, Chopik was a solid backup catcher type. Now, the Indians had Carlos Santana at the time, and in 2007, he had been about a league, a little bit above league average in little, you know, 59 games. But 2008, in 112 games and 403 plate appearances, he had 21 home runs. He had 27 doubles. He hit 261. His his OPS plus was a 128. Uh, he was one of the top producing catchers in baseball that year in terms of his offensive production. Now he had only 36 walks to 133 strikeouts. So that was your first sign, the high strikeout rate, that the, this was probably a bit of luck. Um, and, you know, the next year he would get that opportunity to play more. Uh, and in 89 games, he would hit 214 with a 335 and a... 399 slugging his OPS plus was 97 which I mean frankly anymore that's a still a solid number uh for any player he did lead the league in getting hit by pitches that year but uh 2010 he would then be shipped to Tampa for Mitch Talbot uh for, for Shopik though it's that one year where he was legitimately I mean a middle of the order bat at the catching position for the Cleveland Indians um they had pieces and parts in place at that time and I really wanted to sell high. I just remember that. But Chopik stands out in terms of my lifetime for that guy where they had that big year out of nowhere. And then I was like, oh, hopefully we can make a deal. Someone's going to stupidly buy because catching is hard to find. And 
a player coming, you know, for the Indians, you sell a little cheaper because he's got one year of proven stuff for another team. You go out and you look at him and you're like, well, hopefully we're uh, trading for a guy on the upswing. It didn't happen. Uh, Again, Mitch Talbot, which I think speaks for himself to those who remember him. Shopik ended up with a career OPS plus of 95. So he was always a a pretty good bat back there. Career batting average of 233. 70 total home runs over his nine-year career. So 21 of them happening that one year is a significant portion of that. You're looking at almost a third. Uh, Let's see. He had 92 doubles that year. 27. I mean, that's almost more than double the number of doubles he had in any season before that previous high was 14 so uh i don't know if that really counts as some word player punning with all the doubles it's not a pun so whatever uh but yeah shopic he played came back to cleveland actually to end his career in 2013 one game two plate appearances uh played with seattle a bit that year and that kind of ended it. Chopic stood out for that one-year wonder. Uh, I thought it was a fun article. I'd recommend checking it out. Uh, I personally always love that type of stuff. And like I said, as an Indians fan, you get two. And I was not familiar at all with with Miguel uh, Delone. And now I'm kind of want to go back and spend more time looking at that 1980 Indians team because it's kind of a fascinating squad just in terms of the offensive production. It's like I don't have to look into it to know that pitching must have been atrocious to lead the league in on-base percentage and uh, not and, and finish below 500. I want to thank you all for listening. You have all been fantastic. I've been Jeff Ellis. And remember to tell your smart devices to play Locked On Indians. And as always, go Tribe.